The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Autoria, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Russ and Mike. Hey. Hello, Ooh. Russ. Hello, the Mike. The band's back in the room. <laughs> We've got the band back together. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Today, uh, we're going to discuss studios and health. Uh, as working professionals, uh, so many of us spend more time than is probably healthy in our studios. So how do we help ourselves make sure that we aren't harming ourselves while we work? Um, we should probably jump in on the obvious one, I'd say. And uh, first thing that comes to mind, I think, with any, certainly with anyone who's suffered it, is RSI. So should we talk pointing devices to ease ourselves into this? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Well, Mike, what about you? Well, uh, yes, pointing devices has been a movable feast for me. Um, I obviously started off with a, a conventional mouse and then started to get symptoms of RSI and moved over to a trackball. Um, and that worked really well. So I ended up with two, one in my backpack when i'm out with clients and one with just left in the studio and that worked for five years or so and then that started causing me some challenge and then so i started looking around for different pointy devices and uh, i've ended up with a logitech m510 um, we can hear you reading the serial number. Well, off that. <laughs> no, trying to read the serial number and realizing that it's uh-huh. all worn off, uh-huh. and that because of course it's used so heavily. Everything I'm hearing here, Mike, says that you work too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for people who don't, who who haven't yet had the pleasure of RSI, I mean, what in, before it becomes really kind of super obvious, is there anything that you can kind of point to, sort of like you know, little warning signs that you might be starting yeah, to get from it? F- for me, it was just a sense of discomfort in the wrist and i think that this whole thing it's one of the reasons why i did a round of an expert panel a while ago about what people use for pointing devices and as you can see there is a significant uh, if you check that article there's a, a significant range of different uh, pointing devices trackballs ma- mice all the rest of it and um, I very much found that it just confirmed for me that what works for me doesn't work for somebody else. Sure. People's uh, bodies are different, so their yeah. solutions are different. The thing that I remember from that, because my expectations of that, not wanting to be rude, weren't kind of like really high. I thought, well, okay, yawn, yawn. And actually the thing that really struck me about that was how many people seem to be using like combinations of pointing devices. This isn't yeah. necessarily an either-or choice. As anyone no. who's used them used a, a, a laptop with a mouse attached or know that like sometimes you find yourself on the trackpad although you've got a mouse <laughs> attached and yes you know. okay cool um, do, do you i mean for, for trackballs my only experience of a trackball is the one that was um built into the d command which was utterly horrible um but there so you ended up using it but i mean like a good trackball kind of they've got some ballistics to them you can kind of like throw the pointer and stuff is yours like that Mine isn't that sort of a trackball. It's it's almost a hybrid between a mouse and a trackball. Although you don't move the the body of it, you just um, basically it is. But it it kind of cut my hand because I found conventional, if you like, flat surface um, trackballs like the classic um, Kensington uh, one. It tipped my wrist up too much. And I immediately got was got a lot of discomfort. Mm. So I found that I need to try and keep my hand 
my wrist as straight as possible with regard to the, to my lower arm. Okay. And so for me, something that's low profile um, was really good. The the trap ball was very comfortable to use until obviously I'd used it too much and then started getting a bit of RSI. So I think the idea of having more than one device has, uh, actually has quite a lot of merit mm. um, because you're not, especially if you're sat at a computer for long periods of time, which a lot of us are in you know post production mixing whatever. Uh, having a selection of devices, I think, is very useful. This seems to be the theme that comes out of it. it doesn't matter what you're anything that you do too much is too much and it'll hurt you. There's no, exactly. There's nothing in itself is is bad, but if you do it too much, then it becomes yep. bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Russ, what about you? I mean, have you have you uh, had a journey through pointing devices, or have you been pretty stable uh, on the choices? I'm really worried about answering this question because. <laughs> I'm about to say I've never had an issue with RSI, but I'm at the age now. Whenever I say that, I get the pain a week yeah, later. Quiet, quiet. Life <laughs> yeah. is listening. I, I went to my doctor once and I said to him, I said, I keep getting a lot of pains around my body. He said, how old are you? I said, I'm 53. He said, well, let me be clear with you. If over 50, you're not getting pains when you get up in the morning for no apparent reason, you're not unwell, you're dead. <laughs> uh, and I kind of t- took it and it, I do seem to kind of wake up some mornings with pains in places that the next day they've gone again. And, uh, but, but I've never had an RSI problem uh, ever. Uh, and I use, I'm a combination because in, in the studio, I've got an Apple Mac, uh, whatever they call it, Pro Mouse, Mega Mouse, Mighty Mouse, whatever it's called now. The Magic Mouse. Magic think, Mouse. Yeah. The, I've got the latest, the, the last black one they made that was made for the iMac Pro, which is no longer. Uh, and... Uh, and then I have the Logitech keyboard, which replaced my uh, my wireless uh, Mac keyboard, which was also the aluminium because it's a, it, it, it's more comfortable. But and then I use a, a track trackpad inside it, it, when I'm using my laptop. But uh, trackballs, I've never understood the attraction because every time I've used them, I've hated them. I've th- I've found them really horrible to they use. They do take a bit of getting used to. I think. Yeah, perhaps it's like that. that they just I just feel like, I just feel like. I, <laughs> It, it, it has the, it, it gives me the same feeling when using one on a computer as ice skating. I don't quite feel <laughs> like I'm completely ever going to be able to control it properly. Uh, so well, a, a profound unease bordering on alarm is what I feel with ice skating. Yeah. But you know, that's yeah, well, that's the same thing with the trackball <laughs> yeah. for me. Uh, I, f- well, I found that very much with the Magic Mouse, the one where that the top of the mouse is effectively a trackpad, because I found the edges quite sharp. And I rejected it fairly quickly. Sharp edges. Now you took you took it MacBook Pro trackpad. <laughs> That's just a journey in sharp edges. It's those little sharp edges on these. I don't know if they've changed. My my MacBook Pro is very old, but it's got those sharp corners just on the mm-hmm. little indent where you get your thumb in to open the lid, and you're oh, yeah. just dragging um, the ball of your hand against that the whole time. Yeah. Uh, what what I was going to do is kind of do a sort of sharp right turn when you started talking about the overuse of stuff, and I think a bigger issue. Uh, we've kind of gone down the rabbit hole quite quick because if I if I zoom back out again, a bigger issue affecting health in studios, especially those of us working from home, is the overuse of us, is the overuse of, of our workload. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest misconception about self-employment is that you'll work less, that you'll go and watch watch t- 
back-to-back box sets in the afternoon and, and put your feet up or go gardening. But <laughs> Those people that you meet who say, oh, it must be, must be lovely to work for yourself and going, yeah. no, I yeah, work no, for someone different yeah, every it, day. It isn't. And, and the, pandemic, <laughs> the pandemic highlighted this in all sorts of ways, including no support for us generally, especially if we had limited companies. But, but generally, I think one thing I would say is that overwork is probably the highest problem area amongst yeah. the self-employed. Uh, we rarely switch off. We're always checking emails any time of the day, any time of the week. We work 365. And I think that finding ways to to stop and decompress is is, is really, really important. And uh, I think if, if, if you forget everything I say today, that's probably the number one problem facing people working in studios and at home. I think it's even if you work for people, I think there's an inherent sense of perfectionism and an inherent sense of when, when you when you combine perfectionism and deadlines together, it's a recipe for, for hell, to be honest, because you will work all hours to make sure you, you'd rather get it right on time than either miss the deadline or deliver something bad because inherently most people in this industry are in it for the love of it and getting paid is a bonus. And so I really do think that we really need to take care of ourselves and let our partners tell us when we should stop and things like that and enforce weekends and enforce Brett, Mike, you've always been a big one for this about enforcing holidays yes, uh, and vacations as the that's Americans one of, call them. That's something I learned very, very early on in being self-employed. Yeah. Um, because you say, I'll take a day off when I've got time or I'll take a vacation when I've got time. Well, that time never appears, well, does it? Or, or the, essentially if I take two weeks off, nobody's going to, I'm never going to be able to work again because people will just go somewhere else. Um, and I've essentially, uh, that didn't prove to be the case for me at all. But it took a lot of courage, not only to take one yeah. week off, but Sal was absolutely adamant that we needed to take two weeks off. And that was incredibly hard to do in the early days yeah. of being self-employed. But uh, as a result, it was huge, huge benefit. And the reality was my clients, A, I let them know in good time when the holiday was going to be, and B, they would work around it. They would make sure that if programs need to be delivered whilst I were, you know, in that period, we'd do it earlier. So it was done. So they would set their schedule so that they'd finish what they needed to do in good time for me to mix the program before I went on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Jules, you're learning this one because you're, so, well, what, three years into self-employment, two years into self-employment? Well, it's my second time at it, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I made an awful lot of mistakes first time I was self-employed. I did it incredibly badly, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you make a very good point about um, uh, about leaving leaving work where it should be. And we, it's easy to say, you know, I'm going to finish work at this time or whatever, but... Th- th- Apart from anything else, the smartphone is a kiss of death to that. What I do find interesting is that in the last in the last couple of years, and we we kind of we wanted to avoid any kind of uh, any kind of you know uh, extended discussion of the uh, p word pandemic. Yes, because yeah. it, we, we've kind of been there. But it is interesting, isn't it? How when um, so many of the kind of uh, the uh, conventionally employed population moved into something that we'd recognise as looking a bit like self-employment, all of a sudden there was all these discussions about legal protection around uh, rights to relax and, uh, and limitations on when employers could contact their remote working employees and all of this kind of stuff, which I just saw and I thought, hmm, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yes, I don't know. I don't, there's no real conclusion to draw there, but it's an observation that's worth making. I think you. Should, I think you just have to uh, 
create very strong boundaries, very clear boundaries, uh, not just for rest and relaxation, but for meal times, mm. for sleep. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, it's it's only in the last couple of years I've really figured out that the best. Uh, I read a book called the uh, called the Science of Sleep. I think it was called about a year ago. And there's, you know, I've, I've, I must have read a thousand things on sleep during my lifetime. But he talked a lot about circadian rhythms and said that your body has, you have to listen to your body. You know that moment when you're kind of falling asleep in front of the TV at about 9 p.m. at night? And that's your body telling you it's bedtime. And I used to do that, fall asleep, wake up, watch telly for another two hours and go to bed at midnight and then not be able to sleep. So what I'm doing these days, we get it, we start, we go up to, we go up to, we go go up to bed at about 10 p.m. for about 10.30 lights off these days. And I find just by doing that, I've, Managed to find the the kind of sweet spot of sleep. Uh, I don't know some artists that, that, that do that don't sleep at all. I know a mixing guy, a friend of mine in America, who who battles with two three hours a night. Uh, but it means now I, I'm generally getting seven to eight hours sleep a night, and that gets me because I get up at five, uh, so I can walk my dog and uh, other things like that to get get in the day. So I I'm a, I'm a I'm a go to bed early, wake early. So that basically I've, I can clear a lot before even anybody starts bombarding my phone or my inbox. Yeah. There's a lovely phrase that I heard on, uh, it was a thing on Radio 4, actually. Where else? A, a writer who was reflecting about her experience of, uh, uh, we're going to go go there again, lockdown. Never mind, pretend I didn't mention that. But it was something her, she she quoted her husband saying something to her about, um, about you know, hitting the task list early in the day. And it sound, I, I, I was sure it sh- he must have been quoting someone, and I Googled it, and I, I found nothing. But uh, it, it, he referred to the cream of the morning brain, and I've started using that because it, I totally understand yep. what it means. I get, I get ahead of the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, lovely I'm basically clearing my morning. inbox before people are even reading theirs. Mm. Yeah, so, but basically the best part of the day is gone by nine a.m. But you know, yeah. but this is another but, part of, of sleep discipline. Actually, is is if you allow yourself to go to bed early, don't fight it if you wake up early. I think that's st- getting up early is 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 a far more uh, far less less damaging um, uh, interruption to your sleep cycle than mm. uh, than than going to bed late. For, but of course, there are there are people for whom their natural body clock is different. I mean, yes. Sal and I are completely different. I'm a morning person. I'm I've collapsed by eleven p.m. Uh, she's almost just starting to wake up by then you know it, it, it so it's so it's also as you said earlier russ it's about listening to your body and working with it not against it achoria has a wide selection of software effects including three compressors three filters three preamps and three delays you'll actually use the latest release three delays you'll actually use includes delay tape 201 delay memory brigade and the unique and experimental delay eternity a bundle of selected effects called the AudioFuse Creative Suite is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Achoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. It is. It is. And uh, the other thing as well, which kind of gets into the coming off the back of what we were just saying about, about tasks and stuff like that, is that one of the worst things a lot of us do is we leave our mail open all day. We leave our, we leave our messengers open all day. And we're in the middle of tasks and we're not really giving them the attention they deserve because we're like, we're in the middle of, let's say, d- d- doing a vocal or in the middle of 
or, or recording something or editing something or mixing something. And we keep looking into our emails. We keep checking our notifications. And I think there's something to be said about switching them all off. And oh, that old trick, the, the old trick I used to do, which isn't as easy these days on, on Big Sur, they're making it harder and harder all the time, is, is the do not disturb option, which I yeah. love on the Mac. It's on, I have it on 24-7. So oh, I don't get all these constant reminders popping up on my screen. The thing that I do is, um, and I don't know if we're talking about the same thing, is you've got the little notifications thing in the extreme I mean, top yeah. right, yeah, option top clicking right. that. Yeah, well, you can't option click it in the later version. But, you, but <gasps> That's yeah, a bit but you, I'm out. <laughs> no, no, you're not out because you can still do it, but you just have to cheat. But it used to be an option click, which was brilliant. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I have that on 24-7. It's always just, on Just I talking, can't stand it. Just continuing on the sort of health side and also time frame, I think the other thing as as freelancers um, is not taking breaks. And I'm not talking about meal breaks. Uh, we've mentioned that already. I'm talking about breaks within that period, you know, of doing 30 minutes and then taking a breather, taking a break, t looking, you know, moving away from the screen, um, doing a few exercises, just or just walk somewhere else. I seem to remember, Russ, you 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 um you have a de-stressing uh, mechanism that has to do with uh, gravel paths. Yeah, we were talking about this on a on a, a team call recently, weren't we? That basically I have a a hoe, and uh, if uh, I'm really annoyed, I especially in the summer when the weeds start coming up, it's I've got this gravel path which 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 has this stuff under it that's supposed to keep the weeds down, but it doesn't. So these weeds all keep coming up, and they get really bedded in, and I can really you really have to kick the crap out of them to get them out with a hoe. But it's great after ten minutes of hoeing, you, you anybody that's annoyed you is is has been has been personified in those weeds, <laughs> and you feel, you feel a lot better. What I was going to mention to you is that PJ uh, mentioned to me about a year ago, best thing I ever got into, and it's there's it's in my book actually. There's an app called Reclaim. And what Reclaim, I first got into Reclaim for was that you can sync it. You can sync your personal calendar with your work calendar. And then it blocks out your personal calendar with your personal stuff. But people trying to use, but, but people can't see it, but but you. So it, so first it syncs your two calendars. Because you know if you've got a Google work calendar and a Google home calendar, it can be really frustrating when your wife has put a vacation in and then you book a load of time in the studio in there and you find out, oh, I've completely screwed this one up. You can't do that with Reclaim. But what it also does as well is it puts decompression time through my day automatically. Wow. Every time there's a meeting, it puts 10 minutes afterwards for me to decompress, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and like rest time. So we have a, a daily call, as us guys do, at 4.30 each day. It gives me 30 minutes after that call to to, to play catch up on my emails and stuff and things like that. So uh, you can put those kind of – it's reclaim.ai. It's a great app. It's free at the moment. I think they're starting to do kind of paid plans on it as well. But it, it one gives you a work – it manages your diary and gives you work-life balance. And I think I've realised that I, I'm really – I'm better at things, whether it's weight loss or exercise or brushing my teeth, if I gamify it. So if I've got an app to tell me, if I've got an app to beat, like I've got the app on my phone, to, so I've got to do a thousand calories a day and 40 minutes exercise and stand up 12 times. We haven't talked about standing yet, which is an important one. Uh, and, I, and, my, and I have a, an app on my toothbrush thing. That if, unless I clean my teeth for two minutes, I, I don't close that ring. It's ridiculous. I know it sounds like a 10-year-old, but for some reason, if I gamify stuff, it really works for me. It really helps. So that might be the way for some to do it, is to have uh, 
apps that help them to to keep a track of their lives? Yeah, so standing up, um, I think I can safely say in this room, uh, I am the only person sat down. Yes, that's correct. Because both of you now have standing desks, essentially. Best thing that I've ever done, I have to say. Well, not best thing I've ever done to do with my kind of setup for work. Just, yeah, life-changing. In what, uh, why, why such a, a an affirming sort of mention of that? Well, this goes back to, um, I, I, I remember when I first started using a D command and I loved the whole thing of having the D command. It's a big, big surface. Not D command, sorry, I mean the D control. Well, D command as well. And um, and it was very dynamic and very kind of like... Sta- and I always found myself standing when I was mixing. And, and although you can bring things to you, I found myself going to things. And I would tweak this, do this, do that. And it felt great. And it felt great because it was like mixing live sound. Yeah. And you always do that standing up. Yeah. If you're st- sitting down, then, yeah, that's wrong, you know. And it's But in the studio, that doesn't necessarily work. Anyway, terrible idea because it's it's a big, heavy thing and it's on, a, and it's on um, manufactured uh, legs and it's it's built to be sat at. So because of that, um, if, you're, if you're trying to work it standing up, you find yourself leaning the whole time. Mm. It's, it's quite bad for you. And I use the thing quite a lot. That stayed with me, and it was always just kind of like, actually, there's something very active about standing while you're doing something. And whenever I take a call, I always stand. I never sit and take a call. Um, I'll always be pacing around. It's very annoying for people doing um, doing video calls with me because I tend to take them on my phone because I don't like to be tied to a, a computer or a device or something. But because of that, I do tend to wander, and it can be quite motion-sicky kind of <laughs> you know. But all of this stuff. Anyway, mine... Uh, I mean, there's some stuff on the site about it because I created some content around it, but it's it's a motorised sit-stand desk, which is brilliant. And I've got it set up so that my monitors are on desk-mounted stands, so they move with me, so they all stay in the optimum position. My gear is in a rack, which is fixed to the underside of the tabletop that I've got it on, so that that moves with me as well. So the whole thing is, you know, it, it's very easy to sit or stand. But considering I've just got to press a button to change from seated to standing, I never do. And what I find is I either have sitting days or standing days. And I do sit sometimes. Sometimes I prefer to. Less and less at the moment, but I have just been through a bit of a period where for a few weeks, actually, I was sitting most of the time. But I don't change it during the day, which is interesting considering it takes so little effort. But no, I absolutely love this thing. And something that I'll definitely call out is if I'm standing, I've also got um, like a foam mat that I didn't ask for, just came with the standing desk. And I kind of scorned it when it arrived. Oh, I don't need that. And it's this kind of like closed cell, quite squishy foam, maybe like an inch yeah. and a half thick, kind of thing that you walk across in, in security at an airport. Remember airports? But yeah, anyway, but you know, like <laughs> no. for that stuff where, you know, it's for people who are standing yeah. around all day. And I didn't use it to begin with, but I've started using it. And I tend to work in bare feet, certainly in the summer anyway, um, and uh, standing on this thing. And it's just in front of in front of where I am. And it's 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 perfect. But the point is, I'm very active. I do a lot. It's much more kind of like awake because I'm standing. But the other thing about it is that at the end of the day, I'm tired. <laughs> and that's brilliant because that's exactly how I want to feel at the end of the day, physically tired, although I've been working all day. And just by virtue of standing all day, that's great. The other thing at the moment, my last thing is just that I've, I have noticed, I've started to develop a bit of a sort of like a, an issue with my neck. And I think this is about kind of hunching and sitting forward and craning my neck slightly in that sort of like seated forward. And anyway, 
The best way to maintain your posture and keep a straight neck all day is to stand. And it's been absolutely working for me. So, yeah. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. I was about to say, I, I, I've been doing it for, I think, a year now. I bought one of these. It's on the site. We can put links in the story this week. But I bought a one that you can sit and stand at. So I took my conventional mixing console that I've got in my studio, and I, this sits on top of that now, and it's got this uh, this this lift mechanism. So I can either sit at my desk or stand I rarely sit now. I probably sit oh, 5% of the time, if that. I'll probably even say it's 1%. Uh, I had lots of back problems, lots of posture problems, all sorts of back aches for years. I bought a Herman Miller chair. It was £1,000. Still had problems because it was all about posture. Because it doesn't matter how expensive your chair is, if you're not sitting right, uh, it, you're still going to have problems. So I bought this sit-stand desk as a punt. I just thought, let's see how it goes. And I never sit down anymore. I rarely sit down. It's absolutely brilliant. I don't have any back problems anymore. Another bonus as well, whenever I'm rendering something or uploading something or having meetings and stuff, I could, I, I, I've done a bit of it while we've been doing this podcast. I walk on the spot. I exercise while I'm doing uh, what would be other be sedentary activities normally, and all that exercise is good. It's good for your health and it's good for your body. You can I can stretch. I can stretch out now, uh, do all that kind of thing, and you can't do that when you're sitting down. And in studios, we tend to sit all the time, and when you're sitting, as Julian was saying as well, is all your stress is being pushed into, when you're working on a project, if you're stressing, it's all being pushed into all your muscles and into, into stuff. Uh, the money I spent on this desk, I've saved on my physio. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's just absolutely brilliant. And as I say, uh, so a, a quick tip, if you do stuff that's got render time in it or, to, or upload time, whenever I'm doing that, I run on the spot until it finishes. And I sometimes can run a kilometer in the time it's doing stuff. It's just brilliant. And like when I'm on calls and stuff now, I'll put in my AirPods and walk around the room. And so, so I think if you think you can't exercise, it's rubbish because you can, with a standing desk, I'm, I'm doing it now as I'm talking, you can't hear me doing it. And, uh, but I do like Julian's idea of that, uh, that pad for the, for, for the floor. That sounds like a really good idea as they well. Are, so they are good. I cannot recommend sta a standing desk highly enough. It sounds like really uncomfortable when you first think about it. You think, oh, I want to sit down all the time. Uh, if I really want to sit down, I've got two chairs and a sofa in my studio I can sit into if I need to. And I'll probably do that probably twice a week if that. This Best is thing what I was going to ask you, actually, Russ, because I haven't haven't seen your studio since you rearranged Moved it. it around, yeah. Uh, but you certainly had a sofa in there last yeah, time I was there. still got the sofa. Yeah, because I've got a sofa behind me. For um, afternoon yeah. naps. And uh, <laughs> I, I refer to it as, as the bass trap, because. Uh, but actually, it's great just because... Um, I, I still have my chair in here, but it's 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 at the piano now. I mean, it's just somewhere to keep it. But um, uh, although I can st stash it under the... Under the uh, under the sit-stand desk, it's tall enough. But then if you forget it's there and you lower the desk. Mm. Crunch. So, yeah. But um, the great thing about the sofa is that, I mean, I, I sit on it pretty regularly, actually. I'll sit down, just kind of taking a break from something, whatever. But because I'm removed from the computer, yes, it's 
stops me from doing computer stuff. Yes. But for exactly the same reason, it brings me back to the computer. I don't stay on the sofa because eventually, well, not eventually, after not very long at all, I go, oh, I better do. And But it, what it does is it, it separates the two act- actions yep. of sitting and relaxing or working. So I didn't expect that when I put it in, but, yeah, it works very well. Unfortunately, the mechanics for me of trying to do a sit-down, sit stand-up desk would be uh, significant, but... Um, I'm not sure how you get your Atmos uh, well, rig to move Well, yeah, with there's you. an awful lot of weight sat on this because <laughs> uh, I've got 19-inch rack units in front of me. Anyway, it's not so practical. What I did do, because I've, I had a significant back injury, um, I, I popped a disc, literally, one of my discs... Um, exploded and was pushing up against my uh uh nerves uh my spinal column for a while um didn't anyway we won't go into the detail of that um but uh it's made me very conscious of posture of um all the sort of things that you should do so i have a good quality chair it was made to measure for me um so uh, I'm sitting correctly. Uh, I am upright. I made my screens are quite high up, so that I'm not looking. My head's not dropping to look at the screens. I'm having to keep my head up to be able to look at the screens. Um, and the other thing is, when I take a call, it's interesting talking about the sofa. Whenever I took a call, I would always go and sit on the sofa, so I was away from the computer and and just having a conversation. Now. As a result of, of, of you say, you, you two moving to standing desk, what I now do is whenever I take a call, I st- I'm stood up pacing back and forth because, okay, I, I, this activity I can do standing up and I can do some exercise whilst I'm doing it. So uh, I, I've certainly uh, adopted that philosophy so that I am not sat in the chair for eight hours a day, yeah. um, not moving around. Hmm. Uh, so, well, I mean, it brings me on to what you said about monitors, brings me on to uh, actually the other kind of monitors, because something that I really noticed, and it's something that maybe because it's um, because it's loudspeakers, we might not um, uh, might not occur to us, but I thought about it when I when I first heard your keys, Russ, and I found myself instinctively they were they were in the your studio was definitely seated in uh, back then. And I found myself leaning forwards and leaning down into the into the monitors to have a good listen to them because we're so used to getting on axis to the drivers to really get the top end properly and all of this yep. stuff. And they're keys, you don't really need to. It's like sometimes I've done that. I've thought, you know what, I'm just gonna check this mix by yeah. dropping the desk and sitting down in front of the keys. Yeah. You don't. You and don't have uh to. I don't. Yeah. Because but, when I do, it's the sounds the same. But yeah. this is this is something that I really thought about when I was getting um I was replacing my tall um uh floor stands, monitor stands. And I had a choice between um a pair that were, if anything, a little bit short, or a pair that were clearly a little bit too tall. And this is again before I got the standing desk. And I went for the taller ones just because I went, actually, if I'm going to be leaning in to listen really yeah. closely i want to be stretching up and craning my neck to here i don't want to exactly. be crouching down to listen and this is something that i'm very wary of with um with uh, on the table small monitor setups is what well, well that i mean that can be okay and the, i mean things like the little genelex have got the little isopods and things like that but if you're doing that it's really difficult to resist that temptation to to lean down into it uh, in the same way as you would with a low low mounted monitor screen 
Mm. No, I, my PMC LB1s are at a height where the tweeter, if anything, is is slightly above ear height. So again, mm. it all encourages me to stay sat upright uh, and not crouching forward. You know. And and also when I change my screens, because uh, uh, Christmas time one of my monitors died, and I went for 4K screens, but running them at 1920 by 1080. So I've got four pixels per pixel, as it were. So I've got a pretty well a retina experience. Mm. And again, I'm finding I'm not needing to lean into the screen to read things because everything is so much clear, uh, clearer, yeah. and, and crisper to read. So. Again, it's all helping me posture-wise to uh, to be sat sensibly. Yeah. I've just been well, reminded to, to, of a, a friend had a pair of Miller and Chrysler monitors, uh, which you don't see around very often, but they're very good. And they had um, a little blue LED in the front baffle that was set back down a kind of a, a narrow tube that was like an yeah. inch or so deep. And you could only see the LED if you're exactly on axis to the monitors. <laughs> and it, well, you can, but it really encouraged you to get in yeah. the right place on them. It was yeah. quite clever. Sorry, Russ, yeah, there's, the, the, there's a thousand LEDs on uh, on a pair of keys because <laughs> <laughs> you're always on axis. Uh, what was I going to say as well? Uh, the uh, what I was going to say is that slightly like like Mike, I uh, I rather than go for a four K monitor, I've got a big TV on the wall now, uh, which now allows me to. Uh, it means I can I can use I can look at screens. So I've got a uh, a big TV monitor as my main monitor uh, with the refresh rate set right. So you don't get that horrible kind of like watching a computer through a TV. Mm. And better than that, then I've got it got it zoomed in as well, like we said. But it means I don't have to wear my glasses when I'm working in the studio because yeah. I'm short sighted. If I was on a laptop, I'd have to wear glasses. So I basically get the same as if because my my longer distance is excellent, whereas my uh, my 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 shorter distance, my reading distance isn't, so I have to wear glasses if I'm close to a screen. So both my screens are far enough away. So I've got a grading monitor for when I'm doing video work, and I've got my main monitor up on a big forty-eight inch, whatever it is, TV screen, and it's uh, it means that as again I'm protecting my eyes. So a lot of what we're talking about today, if we're let's do, we've talked about protecting our, our 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 hands and our wrists, we've been talking about protecting our time, talk about protecting our. Uh, uh, talked about protecting our, our posture and our, and our health in that way and our sleep. The one thing actually, strangely enough, ironically we haven't talked about yet is protecting our ears. Uh, this is very true. Um, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to jump straight in with that with open-backed headphones just because I'm very much of the opinion that if you wear closed-back headphones all day, and I wear headphones all day um, uh, to the point where I forget I've got them on, but... Um, uh, it's all about air circulation, and I'm I am of the opinion that if you seal in your ears in kind of like a humid humid cups all day, that that really can't be good for ear health. That's that's one that I'd lead with. Well, I have tinnitus in my left ear, the low level type, so it always sounds like there's a truck idling outside. If I get, if the room is very quiet and bedtime at night, I have to put an AirPod in in that ear and listen to the radio. Otherwise, it drives me insane. Just this like low level idling lorry outside the house that isn't really there in fact when i first got it a few years ago i went around to my neighbors and asked if they, had, if they were running their their heating all day and every day because it sounded like a boiler was going all the time and then i thought and then i think there are trucks outside the house but yeah I, I haven't had it cured yet i've been to see a couple of doctors but i still haven't got to the bottom of it but it may be incurable and i think that's just i'm just a victim of 
over the years listening too loud. So I'm a much more quieter listener these days when I'm mixing stuff. Uh, no, I, I, I rarely to, get over 80 dB. I used to get um, regular hearing tests uh, with an old employer. They were just indemnifying themselves in case uh, my hearing did get damaged. But um, comparing hearing traces with other people uh, that I work with and it was quite funny just because I mean like the drummers oh dear <laughs> they and, and the DJs as well I mean as a guy used all to DJ a post. No, they, they just got this huge dip or sort of 2 to 4k yeah. of just yeah. you know not good and uh, um, yeah there was a few sort of depressed looking people whereas I'd come back and I'd just go yeah, clearly my traces I should have gone out more when I was younger because look at that <laughs> you know. yeah I should get a life yeah but tinnitus is it sounds like a fun thing but it's it's <sighs> it's, it's very it's 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 depressing after a time, and people do get depression because of it. Yeah, because it's this, it's like a, it's like Chinese water torture. Thankfully, I don't have the ringing one. I think the ringing one would be even worse in a way. Hmm. Uh, but uh, um, other yeah. other things to other things to protect to protect your hearing. Um, uh, well, I, uh, my favourite one's probably got to be uh, got to be uh, um, discipline and uh, procedure around use of use of headphones in the studio because if there's yeah. ever anywhere mm. where you're going to get a nasty, it's going to be there. And uh, and don't listen to Justin Bieber. Obviously, that's another one. To uh, well, you know, I mean, a, a, a really good one is when placing when when placing um, uh, microphones in front of a guitar amplifier. Unplug the amp because mm-hmm. if a guitarist is going, okay, yeah, I'll wait, and then their attention wanders, and then they just, you know, what guitarists are like Plank unconsciously. It. They don't mean it, but and I've had that on more than one occasion, and it's very unpleasant. Yes, but there was a, a piece that we ran on the site. Of, well, it was a piece of. Uh, um, pure mix um, uh, content, sure content, and yeah. it was it was funny just because it wasn't the point of the uh, of the uh, of the piece at all. But during this tracking thing, um, the drummer was playing while whichever big name engineer it was was placing microphones, and that got a lot of comments about whoa, you know, and uh, started a bit of a debate about uh, decorum about that. Which I mean, I'm certainly mm. the, of the opinion is uh, just don't hit anything unless you're asked to. If someone's <laughs> stood right next to your drum kit, yeah. you certainly don't start rim shotting when they're placing a 57 you know but they wouldn't use a 57 surely you well they wouldn't in my studio but that's a whole <laughs> different podcast <laughs> sorry couldn't resist that one. okay well there's a bit of a, a, a wander around um uh, keeping uh, keeping healthy and happy in the studio there's a lot to talk about and actually i mean i knew when i when i wrote up our um our kind of prompt list of uh, talking points that we weren't going to stick to them for long and yes we <laughs> didn't we straight didn't. off but uh, no some really good stuff in there so uh, so thanks both but we should move on to find of the week RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. So, uh, Russ, what's your find of the week? Uh, mine is, it took about uh, very close to home. Uh, Mike's mm. done an incredible amount of work on Atmos for, for because it seems to be the, the the big thing now and Mike's been on it for a few years. Uh, and uh, there's a whole new section now with everything you need to know about Atmos. There's actually, this, there's actually the article and then there's every article we've ever tagged with Atmos in it as well. Uh, uh, it's, it's the website address forward slash uh, Dolby Atmos. And go Dolby and check it out. Tons and tons. Yeah, Dolby hyphen Atmos. Uh, and there'll yeah. be, there's a link in the in the notes if you if you don't Indeed. want to remember that. Uh, Mike, uh, what about you? 
Well, yes, continuing the Dolby Atmos theme, as as we've alluded to recently in, earlier in the podcast, uh, I have been slowly doing a conversion uh, process on the studio, upgrading my 5.1 system to a Dolby Atmos system. And I now have all the speakers. They're all in position. They're all wired. They all can produce noise. Um, but the one, the next task on my list was setting up the SPQ card in my um, Matrix Studio because it has the ability to um, room correct or to EQ the, the speakers. And uh, the next challenge was how to do it because unlike some devices like the Dirac Live, Mini DSP Dirac Live unit that I had before with my 5.1 system or with something like Sonarworks, where the software does the room analysis and then produces a set of filters automatically within the software, within the hardware. Um, with the SPQ card on any of the uh, AVID devices, so the Matrix, the Matrix Studio, of course, the DADA AX32, it's a manual process. You actually have to enter, you know, cut, boost, frequency, cue data into the Dabman software. But of course, how do I get that data? And so I've been doing quite a bit of research, and what I've come up across is a superb piece of software, which is free, or to strictly speaking, it's donationware. Um, and it's called Room EQ Wizard, and it is absolutely incredible. It allows me to analyze the room for each speaker, take a series of measurements all around my listening position, so I'm not just depending on one point source spot, average those, and then create a, a text file, in this case, of all the EQ settings. So EQ1, you might be, you know, set the frequency to 51.8 hertz with a boost of 6 dB with a Q of 5. And you just work your way through um, and hey presto. So that is very much my find of the week. And rest assured, there will be an article to follow on how you can set up your spq card whatever flavor of hardware it, it is sat in so julian what's your finder this week uh mine's a bit less uh, audio for once actually but um it's uh this is a uk specific shop that i'm linking to in the notes but i'm sure these things exist everywhere they're called perfect fit blinds um in my uh, new studio that uh, is very much a work in progress at the moment it's a it's a converted garage and uh, where the garage doors used to be there's a uh, pair of patio doors big upvc uh doors and uh, i've got i've got a blind up at the moment it faces out onto the road like a garage door door would faces south it's lovely i don't want to block it off but i do want good blinds and these things are clever because what they do is they fit um they fit into the the window as it were and uh, then you can uh, put them up or down from the top or the bottom so you can place them anywhere you want um either up or down and they kind of concertina out if you get a dark colour, I'm pretty sure they'd make pretty effective blackout blinds as well, which could be very useful for video production. And, uh, yeah, that's something I'm going to be definitely checking out because uh, they strike me as a very neat solution to an issue that I've got uh, in a room where, you know, thankfully I've got plenty of natural light in this studio, but sometimes you really don't want that much natural light in this studio. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got, I've got uh, blackout blinds in my studio because I suddenly realised that I was getting glare on my screens at time, which was driving me crazy. Mm. So, so good anyway, idea. 
I should be checking those ones out at some point. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I look forward to them being perfect. And uh, if they're not, then never mind. I'm sure I can send them back. But they look pretty promising mm-hmm. from here. Good. So that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to my guest, Russ and Mike, for sharing their thoughts on how to stay healthy in the studio. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert podcast. Bye.